Welcome to the 88th episode of News Dump, brought to you by Summit Funding, where we run through the hottest topics in the Lewis County news scene and discuss. I'm a local man, Aaron Vantile, joined by Chronicle Editor-in-Chief Eric Schwartz and the CT Publishing Vice President. Is that, is that your title, Franklin? I think so. I don't even know at this point. A young Franklin Taylor is with us as well. It just feels like Aaron Boy. Yeah, he's the yeah. vice president, though. Yeah, I've seen him do it all. Yeah, he's done it all. Franklin, turn around. Let me get a look at you. Very important to mention that he took last week off, though. You know, hey, considering some people said some things that painted us all in a bad light. It's Wednesday, March 9th, and folks, cancel culture has finally come for your boy. <laughs> a few local folks have asked to speak to this podcast manager over Dipshit Gate, in which I opened last week's podcast by referring to the speakers of the Lincoln Day dinner as dipshits. To be clear, if you go back and check the article, I replaced the word speakers in the headline when I was reading it aloud with the word dipshits. Uh, I stand by that, and if anyone assumed I was referring to them specifically, I was not. And with that, I make a solemn promise to you, no matter how much I think it's appropriate, I will not refer to anyone else as a dipshit on this podcast. First news item. Congressional candidate Joe Kent distances himself from white nationalists amid social media spat and fellas. Easy, buddy. Easy, easy, easy. Don't go back. You just made the promise. <laughs> you haven't read the story. You know you haven't read the story. <laughs> I did read the story. I doubt it. Two I doubt steps it. forward, three steps back. Just to <laughs> expand on that a little bit, because I know Boy. Aaron, Aaron uh, I just want to highlight, as much as I give you a hard time, I don't think you would ever call an entire group of people dipshits based on the speakers. You know what I mean? And yeah. I, I took it as an editorial comment um, that you do not believe the election was stolen. You thought this gentleman was a bit of a, a, uh, a snake oil snail salesman, I Grifter, guess. I think, yes. Um, and so I think that was where your aggressive comment came out of. Um, and and uh, we in no way feel that way towards the entire Lewis County Republican Party, That's as fair. some yeah. people took it, um, nor do we feel that way um, you know, to people that are conservative or anything like that. We have a good mix of political um, beliefs, I think, just here in this podcast. I know the three of us don't agree on everything. Yep, true. Um, and it, it's, uh, yeah, so um, I do want to take the concerns we heard seriously, and I appreciate your promise not to call anyone especially Joe Kent, as we move into this news item. Any names? Boy, we got a whole series of Joe Kent I news missed, items I here. missed a good podcast, but at the same time, <laughs> I, knowing how angry people, I'm kind of glad I missed last well, week's well, podcast. You would have had your pants dipped in shit had you heard the comments. <laughs> and I just want to make sure I'm taking full responsibility for Aaron being on this podcast and really stepping in and making us all look terrible. And I I, I just, I want to apologize on his behalf. Come on, so, Aaron, my name's on this thing. <laughs> the rest of us above reproach. Uh, it's worth mentioning we have an excellent guest coming up who walked across the street to talk to us for about a half hour. Um, that's Centralia Police Chief Stacy Denham is going to appear here in a little bit. We are recording out of order. This is uh, pretty technical, you know, a, a little inside baseball on how podcasts work. But he's coming up in a little bit. Uh, but yeah, back to this sweet news item in which Joe Kent distances himself from white nationalist amid a social media spat. You got to first off, this is Oregon Public Broadcasting story. We have a, a loose story share agreement with them, and that's how it, it ended up in the Chronicle. It's not our original work. Um, so the gist of this is white nationalist Nick Fuentes said in a live stream that he totally helped Joe Kent pick up political steam and Kent told him, I love what you're doing. Fuentes, you may recall, is the guy who implied that maybe Hitler wasn't so bad a week or so ago at an event with Marjorie Taylor Greene. Uh, Joe Kent's response was, I didn't even know what kind of a job he was doing. He disavowed Fuentes' endorsement due to his focus on race and religion. That's Fuentes' focus on race and religion. Uh, Fuentes responded with a nearly three-hour live stream, about an hour of which was dedicated to discussing the new Batman film. That was the best part of the story. You know, you know what? I know. I, know. I, I disavow everything this man stands for, but discussing Batman for an hour, relatable. <laughs> uh, Fuentes criticized Kent for not being conservative enough. He said, you're not for white people. You're not for America. You're not for Christianity. You're not for our heritage. Um, and look, if your name is popping up with white nationalist and headlines, you know, maybe just saying you didn't know what kind of a job he was doing, isn't putting in enough effort, like truly just politically dropping some old newspaper over a puddle of pee. 
Yeah, I don't well, know. He did it, disavow it, I guess. He did. No, I guess. And isn't this this is all based off of a single phone call? Um, and I want to say that I also obviously think that Fuentes is a terrible person, and Horrible. as are most people in his orbit, I'm sure. Um, but in, in Ken's defense, this sounds like a phone call. He had a, a campaign that was picking up steam at the time, um, and you know, I imagine in the political world when that happens, and as he he called them vendors, but all mm-hmm. manner of people that want to come and attach themselves to you, but. Um, I don't know. Or I, I get why Oregon Broadcast, Public Broadcasting did the story. It, it, it was a, it was a public social media spat. Um, so that deserves some context beyond you know what each side is saying, which was a lot on the white nationalist side. And uh, man, I didn't really know this guy on Joe's side. Um, I don't know if Joe Kent woke up that morning thinking he was going to get flamed on Twitter or Twitch or whatever by a Hitler fanboy, but here we are. Uh, Joe Kent is also the subject of yet another attack ad from Heidi St. John, who he was in, in a race with, competing against in the race, racing against, uh, who called him out for registering as a Democrat and voting for Bernie Sanders in 2020 and compared him to both Bernie and Hitler mm-hmm. in the same ad. Even, a, even an image of Hitler, I was really surprised to see that. Yeah. Scorched Earth, I think, is very the graphic. name of that tactic. Uh, yeah. Kent's graphic. response to this ad was that his registering as a Democrat and voting for Bernie was a, a very tactical thing at the time, which is a great way to excuse your past mistakes. Nah, again, again, Aaron, you're just, you're taking the easy bait and thinking nobody's going to challenge you on it. This was a, yeah. this, this is, well, it was a movement, but uh, it, it doesn't really make sense in this case because I think, uh, you know, Hillary had already locked up the nomination by the time it got to Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tactical being a Republican in a, in a uh, progressive state and registering as a Democrat to have some role in their politics, that is an actual thing. I mean, uh, however, you throw the picture of Joe Kim with the long hair in there. I'm just giving, giving, uh, just giving context. It's not so much a tactical thing. It's just, you know, the, the, the vibe. <laughs> I do want to know where Heidi St. John got that picture of, of him. The one she puts up. The do you think she paid a lot for it? I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. I feel it was more of you checking. She che- checked her envelope or her mailbox one day and there's a flash drive. She plugs into her computer and it's like, oh my goodness. I mean, this is a, I'm going to make some crazy ads yeah. with this. He's a career, career military guy, right? So he wouldn't have long hair during that period. So there's probably this very brief window. I'm surprised there's not another photo that hasn't showed up. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's just a little more. weird. Um, Vicious, though. Man, yeah, how do you yeah. St. John? Uh, Joe Kent also missed the campaign finance filing deadline and blamed the uh, technical difficulties. Rough week for old Portland Joe, your boy. <laughs> don't, don't call him my boy. He's not my boy. I just want there to be context so it doesn't seem like, you know, you're out there once again attacking the Republicans, calling them names, insulting their families, um, <laughs> kicking dust in the faces of their children and their children's children. <laughs> In those children's children. <laughs> yeah, sure. That's that. That's me. Um, I don't know. I don't want Heidi St. John to do too well. We don't need competition in the podcast. I don't want to. She's a podcast. I don't want to compete against Heidi St. John in anything after no. this. I just don't want her to make an ad about me. <laughs> got two color, colorful Heidi St. John had about Franklin. She'd beef. find something. She'd find a picture of you like smoking pot three years ago <laughs> with long hair. <laughs> Olympia Franklin wants you. <laughs> Now I actually kind of want to see the ad. Um, all right, next news item. City Chehalis files lawsuit against Yardbird's owners, seeks to restrict access. Uh, the lawsuit was filed on Wednesday. This was after unsuccessful attempts to work with Yardbird's operators to correct what the city calls the mall's life safety violations. According to a news release, Yardbird's had 60 days to fix its fire system, give the city engineering reports on the second floor, and evict the RV park tenants. Um, yeah, I don't have a lot more context to it than that. I mean, it sucks and I'm not sure anybody's like wholly to blame for it. Yeah, I know. I think that's a really fair way of saying it. And somebody made this point to me. It was like all these RV tenants, like where do they think they're going to go once they move away? We've already had stories recently about a problem of people parking RVs on, you know, public areas, dumping sewage. Uh, that's not happening here. It doesn't sound like it sounds like they're following rules aside from maybe some codes and ordinances. So I get where the city's coming from, but I'm also kind of with the, or I kind of understand the, yeah, come on crowd. That's just like, come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. Like, the city obviously has an obligation to make sure everything's safe. Um, the safety stuff is one one thing yeah. for sure. Yeah, I agree with you there. 
And like, I, I don't think anybody's ever like driven by Yardbirds and been like, yeah, there's a company just flush with cash to fix whatever needs to be fixed. So I don't know. Yeah, it's I don't an, know. It sucks. You're right. It's an unfortunate situation. Yeah. This once great structure and it's 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 sad. But I mean, what's going to happen if it, if it gets vacated completely? We just have a big empty building. Yeah. My yeah. first question, you know, how much for the big bird? We've already got them all. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, we could put it up on top of the Chronicle. On top of the Chronicle building. Yeah, Cron Bird. Uh, our roof would totally hold up. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with this roof. <laughs> Even the little bit of snow uh, is a little scary. <laughs> Let's see. Next item. Uh, we got a new Miss Lewis County, fellas. Miss Lewis County 2020. Where's the, where's the applause? Oh. Yes. Congratulations. Yeah. Got it on the first time. Yeah. Very big in the Miss Lewis County. Yeah, big fans. Uh, Brianna Roscoe. Roscoe? Roscoe? I think that's right. Is Miss Lewis County 2022. They held the 60th Miss Lewis County pageant. And I don't think it's 60th annual because they missed the last two. Uh, I think that's right, yeah. Uh, Saturday, after a one-year or maybe two-year hiatus, Brianna Roscoe is a 20-year-old WF West and Central College graduate. She attends Arizona State University. She was also named the People's Choice Award winner, and I, I, we did have a segment just filled out for us. Um, out of 923 votes cast, her talent was a contemporary dance performance. And I'd like to ask the two of you, if you were to compete in a pageant, what would your talent be? Magic. That's a good one. I, I believe you. I think I would probably like rely on strobe lights and then I'd get my kids hoverboard and I'd wear a real smart suit and give an inspirational speech while doing stunts around the stage. All right. I kind of think he wins. That sounds good. What's yours, man? <laughs> uh, I would just host a live podcast. <laughs> I have to... Uh, I would finish last. <laughs> I want to give... I wasn't there. We did have Isabel Vanderstoop and uh, Nightcrawler, Jared Winselberger there. Um, but uh, Mara, Mara, it's M-A-R-A, Mara Soto, Soto, she did a archery skills demonstration whilst giving a motivational speech. <laughs> like, I saw the that's pretty good. That. I saw and, the photos. You know that looks. Yeah, man, I liked it. Our it our journalists were quite impressed by that, yeah. and uh, her as a candidate overall. It is impressive, and my my thing is, how do you practice? I don't know. I mean, something I mean, could go that. wrong too. What if someone got shot with an arrow at Miss Lewis County? Yeah, I mean, that's <laughs> the easiest one to practice of all. You just go out in your backyard and you you're like give a speech to somebody as you're shooting arrows. As you're shooting arrows, it's pretty sweet. Yeah. All right. Uh, our next item. Oh, it's all the host of this was Brian Mitke, Chronicle columnist. Yeah, yeah, cool. Yeah, I, uh, I I thought there was somebody else affiliated with this company that's been pining for this job for years. We've actually wanted to be judges. We? <laughs> <laughs> I know you've wanted to be in this for a long time. I've been campaigning for a judge spot for, for about a decade now, if you date back to the power rankings days. We're talking um, about local jobs of stature. I've been eyeballing Franklin's, giving out a bike at Miss Lewis County. That's the best gig in that is local a, that festival. Is them. I got that bad way locked up. Yeah, you Wait, do a good he, job he with it, a, too. He gives out a bike at Little Miss Friendly, not Miss Lewis County. No, she doesn't get a bike. Oh, a little yeah. misfriendly. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't okay, need no, to. Just I just I, his first time he did it was like uh, 2019. Was that a right? while ago. Yep. I remember he was talking and pretty young guy. Yeah. Pretty young. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to work for that guy someday. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly. <laughs> and, and here we are. And here we are doing Franklin, a podcast like, together. Franklin like test it around, but he had the seat moved all the way down and then a little misfriendly <laughs> had to move it up a little bit. Oh, come I on. Had, I had it all the way down. <laughs> she took the training wheels off that I, I was using. <laughs> Uh, next item, improvements in quote marks on First Street in the Hub City draw the ire of some Centralia residents. So they put these new traffic islands in the middle of First Street, which are kind of like slow curbs at the intersections. People, not happy. Oh, everybody hates them. They don't like them. <laughs> yeah. They do not like them. I was, uh, I was on Lewis County's other um, radio program. Let's talk about it with uh, with Chad Taylor recently, and every single phone call was people calling in to be like, "What the hell is going on with those traffic islands?" Yeah. <laughs> like, they were super pissed about it too. And Max's quote kind of cracked me up as well, but I, I get what he's saying. Uh, his quote, I think, is most of them are saying things like, "Oh, it makes you go slow," or "Oh, it's inconvenient," or "Oh, we don't like the look of it." He said, and that's really the purpose of what we were doing. <laughs> he meant the safety aspect. He did. The street was dangerous because of the school and people used it to quickly go from one end of town to the other not necessarily obeying the speed limits um but it is funny when you list out the complaints of it makes you go slow it's inconvenient and we don't like the look of it and you're like but <laughs> it's uh, it, yeah yeah 
Uh, Maybe I should have asked the reporter a little bit more about that quote and <laughs> cleaned it up a little bit. I know what he meant, though. It was yeah, positive. Right. Didn't want anybody to get hurt. But read out of context, it sounds like they were installed by like a supervillain. And uh, <laughs> it's like, we got exactly what we want. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week, right? Somebody's already run over those signs multiple oh, times. Run over. <laughs> like, I drove down it the other day and like all the signs were run over. Well, they have breakaway oh. posts, too. So they might have just been laid down. I don't know. But Convenient. I don't know. It's really, it's tying in downtown in Harrison, you know. You guys just don't get it. Because it does slow traffic down, where they, I guess. Where they put the, the cyclists curb. are not happy. Where they put the curb in the, between the two lanes, like the flower, the flower bed. Remember when a semi-truck got stuck on that yeah. for like a full day? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, a real problem. Yeah, if you want to speed, uh, take 2nd Street now. <laughs> uh, we should ask the... They'll be next. Stacy. Oh, God, that would have been good. He did say he'd come back, though. Yeah, let's call him right now. <laughs> we, we have more questions. Uh, there was a protest at the state capitol on Saturday about some stuff. I don't know. I, I, somebody else wanted They to were here. protesting against uh, COVID-19 mandates, which are, by and large, wrapping up now, and they're going to be out there again on Saturday, I'm told by Jim Walsh's tomorrow, Facebook feed that it's going to be more of a celebration than a protest because that's the final day of the mask mandate. They won. Yeah, they, they, they did it. <laughs> they did it. I I also noticed that the, the Olympian did a story just knocking their crowd size. It was like crowd doesn't gather or something. They only, they only had 700 people. They did not like that coverage. I did read those comments. I'll read comments that are not like chronicle comments. Um, <laughs> Olympian comments. Are I approved the photos I think Nightcrawler turned in and they were protesting. Joe Biden, tyranny, mandates, masks, the deep state, the election being stolen um you know whatever it takes to get jim walsh at your protest (laughs) military tribunals yeah for for biden i think i saw that one as well um i don't know if we covered this i can't remember if we covered this last week but the hub we covered the closing of the hub i don't think so i think that came in right after uh yeah so the hub bar and grill in downtown centrate closed i think was it last monday was the last Mm -hmm. day monday Mm -hmm. before um. Yeah, and Tim Filer, who is a longtime former employee of the Hub, is is taken over, and in you know a year. Oh yeah, and, the, and the people love it. The people love it. Uh, I don't know Tim Filer real real well, but our paths have crossed over the years, and also I, the Hub, of course. And yeah. I really enjoyed that era of him being a bartender at the Hub. I can honestly say he brought people to the Hub. It was mm-hmm. got the people going. Yeah, there's not many bartenders who are like All right, we're gonna go because this guy rocks and it's gonna be awesome in there. It was like the movie Cocktail, but but like cheaper. Uh-huh. I'll take your word for it because I don't get the reference. It's a but, great uh, Tom Cruise movie. <laughs> yeah, he said it should be open. I think he said, what, eight months? Eight, eight months, maybe longer. I mean, everything takes longer to get these days, but uh, I bet you that's going to be a happening place once more. Oh, and I, I loved his message of like inclusiveness. It was just like mm-hmm. anybody that could, can come here because if you've gone to the hub, you kind of get what he's saying. It's not like the, there's not going to be a whole lot of ties and dresses and it's, it's the working it's gritty, class man. yeah it's great gritty exactly um yeah i stopped in the hub a couple times before it closed um i did a recon mission <laughs> you did and you <laughs> ended up staying very long i you know i it felt like i was there a long time and spent a lot of money and i think i was there for an hour and spent like 17 dollars. i asked uh, franklin i asked aaron to stop by the hub and like confirm the closing rumor <laughs> and maybe like an hour later i start getting a text or a, yeah a, a message every like 10 seconds with just things i didn't need to know <laughs> it was a wild time about who was at the hub and what they were saying and what oh, they were doing here. yeah i had a great time my recon mission but he uh, he confirmed it yeah he did actually it was good I reporting was shocked. i ordered my first drink and they were like that'll be three dollars it's like okay i will be here a while I bet you it was a strong drink bet your ass it was uh, but within it, standards of our our state agencies of course of course uh and our last news item the steam train closing down not, not for good, not for good. Hi, it's indefinitely, man. Uh, we've got we've, we've had an updated story since this. It, it is going to be for a while, it sounds like. And it, long and short of it, they can't get insurance for a variety of reasons. Couldn't even get a quote from their current uh, incumbent provider. And then I guess there's only four providers that even deal in this market. And so none of them would do it. So they had their, their broker in last night for a meeting that Emily Fitzgerald attended. And um, he really laid out kind of many different paths forward um, all of them involve waiting for a while to you know change your business model up a bit maybe bring in some more business-minded people um, he was very direct in saying you guys got to run this like a business and not like a 
toy train. Like this but it is, is a toy train. I, I, know, I know, but you know, the, everyone over there loves the train. Would do anything to keep it going. I think what he was saying is you need somebody with a little more business acumen, perhaps. Yeah. Um, but the very end of our updated story, which is in tomorrow's edition, or I should say the Thursday edition. So I see this as a temporary inconvenience, but I don't see it as a death blow. You guys have got good thing going. Every one of you has it in your heart. So positive, Aaron. Think positive. All right. Positive. We don't want to lose our steam train. We don't want to lose our, if we lose the steam train, what's the point? What's the point to all this? Why are we even here? <laughs> <laughs> all right. And we hope you think positively in this quick message from our sponsors. And then we'll be joined by the one, the only Stacy Denham. I can't wait. Oh. Hi, this is Jacek from Summit Funding. Here's what a recent client is saying about us. Hi, this is Chad Taylor. Have you been thinking about purchasing or refinancing your current home? The team at Summit Funding is the best in class. Looking for a conventional FHA, VA, USDA, jumbo, or even a reverse mortgage? Trust the team at Summit Funding. Corley and I did, and we couldn't be happier. Thank you to all of our past clients. If you have any questions, give us a call at 360-330-4037. All right, we're joined now by a special guest. We don't get a lot of guests. Most people just have no desire whatsoever to come join us in the in the podcast studio. But Centralia Chief of Police Stacy Denham is here, and uh, we we're going to start this off by asking you the most important thing we can think of for the Chief of Police. When are you going to get off your ass and fix the Pearl Street pool? <laughs> it's about time. I, I, we've all been waiting. <laughs> Uh, that's why I'm here. I'm, I'm actually here to take donations from you. <laughs> uh, Franklin, this is uh, that's that's your department. <laughs> um, Make the checks payable. <laughs> but uh, no, we're we're happy to have you here, and uh, you know we've got a couple questions, and figure we'll give you a chance to uh, you know tell us about maybe what whatever you think is important across the streets. Um, but we'll start with how long have you been uh, chief at Centralia now? Uh, I was promoted uh, uh, August of 2020 to chief of police. Um, I was acting chief before that uh, and deputy chief before that and commander before that. So I actually went into command uh, in 2015, uh, okay. then slowly rose up from the ranks from there. And you mentioned you were in Chehalis um, from 1994 before that, before you came to Centralia. Yeah, I was, I was with Chehalis and then I came to Centralia in 2006. Gotcha. Okay. Was a uh, was policing August twenty twenty? I mean, you know, you're going to get asked in the <laughs> pandemic. Was it different than you know pre pandemic times? Those magical years, two thousand nineteen and before. It was completely different. Mm. It changed everything. Uh, it basically took law enforcement, spun it up on its head, and uh, expect you to do the same job and not sure exactly which way to turn and 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 how to do it. So it was it was tough. It's a lot of confusion at that time. Still and, is. And it was like the, the, the racial tension as well, right? The riots and all that stuff. Not riots, I'm sorry, protests. There you go. Yes, there we go. Um, that mixed with COVID. I mean, it just seems like you, you could probably say a lot about what it meant to become a police chief of a sizable force, like in the middle of all of that. Just just wild. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was... It, I think that's the best way to describe it as wild because you didn't know, especially being a new ch police chief, you didn't know really which way to turn. Uh, you know, you, you talk to other chiefs that had been around for a while and they didn't know which way to turn. And everybody was just uh, kind of learning as you go. And being a new police chief, you're really learning as you go. And uh, of course, at that point, you know, everybody's calling you. They want answers. They want to know what you're doing. Uh, we're having some protests down at the Washington Park and over in Harrison Avenue. And, and everyone's concerned because they were seeing what's going on in the big cities. And they're concerned that that's what was going to happen here and how are we ready for it and, and, uh, and how are we going to deal with it. And of course, they want answers. And in most cases, you really don't have them. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, was, it was tough. It was tough coming up with answers and, and trying to calm people down and, and you know, kind of talk them off the, the edge of the cliff kind of thing. So it was, it was, it was wild. The One soft, cushy experience. chief job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Come to leave it. It'll be up. fun. It's easy. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, going back to the to that summer and the, the summer of protests, as we, you know, call it, What uh, when you get a call that something like that is happening down by Washington Park or, you know, somewhere within your jurisdiction, like how do you respond? Do you send somebody out or do you just wait for wait for more info to come in or what's what's the general response there 
Well, we, what we do is we just follow the law. Uh, yeah. People have right to protest, and we want them to protest. That's that's part of our rights, and I think that's important and it should be protected and 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 very uh, jealously protected. And so, what we do is all we want to do is whenever someone is going to have a protest, we want to talk to the the organizers mostly because we want to make sure the protest is done safely. We want to make sure that uh, that we don't have. Uh, uh, the anti-protesters out there yeah. and causing a problem. Mm-hmm. If they want their message out, it doesn't matter to me what their message is. Uh, if they're legally protesting, that's their right, and we're gonna we're gonna defend that right uh, as best we can as well. Okay. Um, what's what's been the biggest surprise for you since taking the uh, the big chair, the cushy job, as Schwartz just said? Well, I don't know about the cushy job. I was being so sarcastic. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, that, that, that chair feels like pins and needles most of the time. Uh, it, I think the problem or the, the biggest hurdle that I've had is, you know, with the transition from, uh, from 2020, and you get, you get used to it. I think everybody does it. You get used to a certain way things are done. And you think, oh, I got this nailed. I, I know exactly what to do. In this situation, I do this. In this situation, I do that. And then all of a sudden... 2020 happens. And all of a sudden, now you're trying to figure out what to say. You think you you knew what to say, and, and now it's all changed. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize, and I should have, I suspect, but uh, maybe it's been worse since 2020. In fact, it has been worse, is that everyone's going to lean on every word you say. And no matter what you say, even if you say it with the best intentions, and if you even if you try to, to you're trying to appease people by giving them what they're actually asking for, no matter what happens, you are going to make people angry. And, and that, that was probably the hardest thing for me because it, it really offended me mm-hmm. uh, personally when people are saying, well, you said this. And I said, well, yeah, but this, isn't, this is why I said it and it doesn't matter. And you're like, but it does matter. No, yeah, they'll, de- they'll determine the context <laughs> yep. if they yep. want to. Yep. So I, I think that's been the biggest learning curve. And I, and I think that's something you have to really be cognizant of. And, and, there's, and I suspect it'll happen again. And uh, so I apologize in advance. It's probably going to happen again. Uh, but that's probably the biggest learning curve I've had. You mentioned before this when we were just discussing, I mean, it's no, it's no secret that Aaron Van Tyle has a disdain for <laughs> your profession. Um, and he, he ripped on you after comments that we don't need to get back into right now because they're... <laughs> They're old, um, but you also mentioned you had a, you, have, you have a sense of humor, and I can sense that as well. Is that something yeah. that helps you in your job? Uh, yes, uh, having a sense of humor is probably the one thing that most police officers have uh, that people don't see very uh, very often. Uh, usually, when when people are seeing police officers, uh, they are typically uh, business matter of fact, uh, trying to get the job done and have to be taken very seriously at the time because. If you don't, then right. uh, obviously bad things can happen, or people don't trust you. And uh, but behind the scenes, officers typically have a wicked sense of humor. Uh, we laugh at just about everything. Uh, my wife would probably tell you that uh, uh, I have a stupid sense of humor, uh, very dry in a lot of cases, and uh, always cracking it. jokes. Oh yeah, it's terrible. So I, I, but I love it. I, I think laughter is probably one of the best medicines you can have. Oh, absolutely, I agree. Um, you know, we were talking about, uh, just a moment ago, you brought up the, uh, the responses, some things you said. And speaking of that, speaking in responses to things people have said, do you ever read the comments like on the Cronline page, on the Cronline Facebook page after a, some story might show up that you're involved in? Do you read the comment section? Um, no, uh, typically do not. neither do I, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> I, I don't, uh, good or bad. Uh, yeah. but my wife does. Oh, no. And, oh, but man. a lot of times I've said, tell her, stop, mm-hmm. <laughs> put it away. Please, Please don't read those out loud. Well, cause usually she'll read them just before we go to bed and she'll start reading. I was like, I want to sleep tonight. You're going to stress <laughs> me out here. I just want to sleep. That's all I want. Sleep is something I don't get anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. I, I'm so glad you don't read the comments, but they're, they're terrible. They're absolutely awful. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Um, not not just comments about like you or the police or anything like that, but just the commenters in general are the true criminals in this world, in, in my opinion. <laughs> I do all our, our web posting or most of our web posting here, and I'll do all like me Facebook posting, pretty much all that. I don't look at comments. I'll, I might hover like over to see who some of the names are and maybe take a deep dive, but. But well, usually the same, a lot of the same characters. Oh yeah, and oh, usually yeah. you can pretty much just read the name and know uh, that's how they're going to respond. <laughs> yep. And yep. Uh, it's, I don't know, you kind of lose a lot of your, um, I don't know, faith in humanity. Well, faith in humanity <laughs> is one of them, but you just you just kind of lose it all. It's just like why? I, I feel like I'm just 
burning time and wasting my life by reading some of those. And, and some of them could be important. Uh, some people do have good comments and, and actually constructive criticism, but you really dive into them and they just... They just wear you down. You're going to have to get through a lot until you get to the good ones. Right. And, and it's funny because whenever something happens, like at the police department, uh, and it's involving one of my officers, uh, like recently we had our uh, shooting. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first thing I told my officers is no matter what you do, do not read the comments. Mm-hmm. Uh, because no matter what you do, people will love you, but people will be vicious. And you, you got enough going on. Just stay away from it. Do yourself a favor. So that's great advice because vicious, yeah, vicious is what I would say after that incident. You looked in the comments. There were people who didn't have any, any facts whatsoever besides they're a (laughs) shooting and they're, yeah. And they're short, they're putting up gifts of a pig or something like that. It's just, that's, it's awful. It's awful. Yeah. But if they would have read it, their opinion would have changed. No. I don't think so. Not those people. No, I don't think so. And that's, that, that's becomes the problem of, of people being able to post on social media is that a lot of cases they, they don't, they have nothing to, to really offer except their own warped opinion. I want to go back to the days when just one, you know, rich guy owned the printing press, you know? What was wrong with those days? Yeah, he was... <laughs> <laughs> you write a letter to the editor, now everybody's got their own printing press. Yeah. Um, you know, speaking of the comment section, uh, one story involving the Centralia Police that obviously had a, a huge amount of comments was uh, four officers were fired recently. Um. You know, what was your initial reaction when you, you know, learned about that? And what can you tell us about, you know, the, the incident overall and the reaction you've got since then? Well, now that we just got in trash and people commenting on social media, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is, again, this is where uh, my wife comes in is that uh, it was a Saturday and mm-hmm. on June 26th, and I'm sitting at home minding my own business and actually avoiding work. And uh, of course it comes in and, and we get the, the notice that, uh, you know, a friend that calls us and says, "Hey, you need to look at social media. Your your department's getting blasted here," and and uh, it was it's actually one kind of funny piece to that was is that one of the commenters I don't know who it was they said, "You know, you should contact Chief Denham. He'll deal with this." And it was nice. actually one of the comments. <laughs> and, and I was like, "Hey, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Supporter, yay!" <laughs> so, uh, but uh, I thought uh, initially it was like. You know, and they were commenting about how law enforcement wasn't responding. It's in trade police wasn't responding to this uh, dispute. This is like as it's happening. As it's happening. Wow. And uh, and it, my initial response is, there's no way. Mm-hmm. Something else is yeah. going on. There's got to be something else going on. There's no way one of my officers, nonetheless, all of my officers are not responding to this type of dispute. It's just, it's unheard of anymore. And it yeah. and and I kind of echo what uh, um, uh, former sheriff uh, said in in his article the other day about you know back in the day, and that was similar to when I was hired uh, back in 1991 in those areas that. Uh, domestic violence was really starting to change then and people were you really didn't respond the way you do now mm-hmm. but since then it has been a complete uh title change and uh that is unheard of any officer this day throughout the nation would get a call like that and they respond it's just mm-hmm. it's unheard of so i thought oh, there's no way so uh i uh Long story short, I guess I the following Monday I went in and, and looked into it and had one of my uh, uh, commanders look into it and he came back a couple days later and he goes yeah he goes boss it was that's exactly what happened they wow. they weren't uh, they didn't respond for an, almost two hours uh, wow. so that was that was it was a gut check for me that really was hard to even wrap my head around so the first time like in your career like of the departments you've been involved have you heard about something something like that happening i've never heard of something like that happening Mm -hmm. and and if it had obviously i haven't heard about it but uh uh the officers that i've always worked with it i I just couldn't imagine them ever doing that Mm -hmm. uh so like i said for me it was a a huge just a gut check like i get punched in the gut and because you really do because for me you just feel like you've let your community down and uh, that just in law enforcement, that's one of the biggest things that uh, can tear an officer apart. Mm-hmm. Did you know what you what, what you had to do immediately? Or was there a deeper investigation? Well, there was a deeper investigation. Uh, of course, I knew what I had to do immediately. Once once I was notified that this actually there was a huge delay in mm-hmm. this, and and actually got the re, the report and read it, uh, and it, I immediately launched a, an internal investigation on that uh, on the the whole scene. Okay, how long does an investigation like that usually take? Well. <laughs> Uh, it, it's too short as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we have to deal with the um, uh, collective bargaining unit and, their, mm-hmm. and the agreements with them. 
Uh, normally, it's uh, they try to get it within 45 days to get the investigation done. Uh, we have some extension periods that we go through, and and this one was significant enough that we had to extend out that investigation as long as we could so that we can get it. And one of the one of the biggest problems that I had was uh, because of the the uh, collective bargaining agreement, uh, I, there was a sergeant involved. And uh, so I can't have one sergeant investigating another sergeant uh, for the agreement. Mm-hmm. So uh, when I hired uh, uh, Commander Caldwell, uh, which worked out really well because now he's a commander. Uh, so I was like, welcome aboard. Here you go. Wow, welcome. <laughs> so oh, in man. July, when welcome he came on job. board, welcome. I said, I, and I, I talked to him uh, beforehand. I said, I apologize. I don't, I don't want to do this, but with all the shortages going across, I don't have anybody to investigate this and I have to have someone investigate this. So, uh, so, so to answer your question, how long does it take? It can take 45 to 75 to 95 days. Um, and that's pretty much how long it took because we went from, uh, basically, and it goes from time that you knew it was an issue, uh, to the actual disposition. So it went just about the whole time. In fact, I'm sure it went the whole time. To all the way to November fourth, when my final decision came down, and this is still an ongoing thing too. I mean, arbitration, right? Is that where where we're at? Yes, uh, we still have uh, issues out there. Uh, there's uh, potential lawsuits uh, coming my way, uh, as anticipated. Uh, one one of the officers now is, uh, uh, or former officers now is uh, uh, asking for uh, arbitration. Uh, I see. They've they've gone through uh, the step one and the step two grievances. And now it goes to arbitration uh, or lawsuits. All right, and we appreciate you just giving us an overview of that because I know there's not a whole lot you can say, you know, um, on the record. Or maybe there is, but <laughs> n- not the questions we would be asking. Well, so. there's things you would like to. <laughs> there's lots of things yeah. I'd like to say, but the, the the biggest problem with that whole the whole thing is, you know, we're all governed. Um, we're all mm-hmm. governed by employee rights and, and responsibilities and whatnot. And and for this particular one, when you're investigating four of your officers and, uh, as a police chief, you know, you want to, you want to tell the world, you, you just want to tell the world that what's going on. Mm-hmm. And internally in the, in the police department, you have four officers who aren't supposed to be talking, but of course, yeah, right. they're talking. You know, <laughs> workplace chatter. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. So yep. it was in the police department, it was, it was pretty hostile. I mean, everyone was yeah. just like, oh yeah. It's got to be the chief. The chief's really out to get people. And I'm just like, you guys don't know what's going on yet. <laughs> Stand by. Wait for it. Wait for <laughs> yeah. it. Well, it's, it's, it's impressive. Did, and, did things change in that regard when, once some of the, the information did begin, begin to come out about the incident? Yeah. So what happened was is that uh, uh, once we got through the whole investigation, uh, I had it planned out that once once the investigation and the discipline had been uh, put out, the the reports become available for public records request. And so I went to every member in my department and I made sure that I told them point blank, this was my decision. Blame me if you want to. But what I want is if someone's to get a public records request, get that report, read it, and then if you have a problem, then come talk to me. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what they did. Uh, so the so officers, you were asking them to read the article before commenting in real time. Yeah. <laughs> well, kinda, I, I wanted yeah, them to yeah. read the article yeah, before they commented, and, uh, and it actually paid off. It's uh, great practice. Yeah. <laughs> it's good practice. Which is, which is strange. Um, so, so they did. They saw where you were coming from at that point. Yeah, I think most people saw it. I mean, they may dis- uh, disagree with uh, the amount of discipline that was um, uh, imposed, but uh, I think they all looked at it. I think everyone to a person probably looked at that and thought, you know what? Yeah, they probably should have done that. What were they thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was helpful. Um, and, you know, since then, um, have you heard anything like externally about like, it, do you feel like the the department has, is shown in a better light since that decision? Or have you guys gotten more applications or anything like that? Well, that's... That's kind of the funny thing because that was my concern because uh, to have an, a department our size uh, terminate four officers and uh, in short order, the, the rumor mill was already out there. Uh, we were hearing things before the investigation was done uh, from agencies up north, uh, of course, locally here. No one really knew what was going on, but it was all bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, it was administration's fault and all this was going on. So once it actually broke, and and uh, which was I don't mind telling was a huge relief off my shoulders, uh, or I should bet. say a burden off my shoulders in this case. Uh, we actually had people that are actually applying for us now that historically they were not going to apply with the rumors, mm-hmm. and then once they found out what was going on, they're like, you know what, 
that's kind of the place that I want to work. Someone's going to hold people accountable. Someone's yep, yep. not afraid to hold them accountable. Yeah, absolutely. And I had two people tell me that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and last night at the council meeting, the the irony of that is uh, uh, there's a 16 uh, year old young man. I got the letter here. Uh, he wants to come in and talk to me because now he wants to go into law enforcement. Oh wow! He says uh, he read about the four officers being fired. He says that's the place I want to go. At 16 years old. That's, that's awesome. awesome. So so there has been some good things coming from it. Uh, so, so you're going to give that 16-year-old a sidearm and get him out there? Uh, you know what? Short-staffed as you are. <laughs> it's like the other guys. He'll start with a wooden gun. Exactly. <laughs> a Barney Fife going on with a bullet. So. No, you mentioned that, and I have noticed that within the Centralia Police Department, it seems like you've got more uh, local grown officers. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I like that. Do you, do you like that? I actually love that, uh, <laughs> because that's, that's part of the community coming forward. Yeah. And, uh, when, when it's like any other business, I would think, you know, you, you hire somebody to sell mm-hmm. and they know everybody that they can sell to already. You're going to, your business is going to do better. Yeah. Well, if, if we have, uh, somebody that's homegrown, if you will, they know a lot of the community members. So you don't, you don't have that, uh, that, that. Not, it's not personal to them. It's, mm-hmm. It becomes very personal. They want to make their community better. So when I see people coming in from homegrown, I love that instead of having someone coming from across the country or they live somewhere else. I mean, they're still good officers. They're still good people and they still do the very best they can. But there's 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 just something about people that are homegrown coming in that uh, really kind of changes the dynamic and, and they get that, that, that instant equity in the community, which, which I absolutely, I love and investment right. in the, in public safety too. It feels like, not that all police officers don't have that, but when, when you maybe know the person at the address you're responding to, <laughs> like that has to, not that you're going to go faster, but it has to have an impact. But, and, but yeah. It, yeah. Cause it makes it more personal. Yeah. And of course, when somebody lives a long way away, not you're always concerned about, okay, how long are they going to be here? Yeah. Now they may stick around, who knows? And we've had people uh, commute a long way to be here, but that's always into the back of your mind, you know, how long are they going to be here? Where someone is homegrown, you know, it takes so long to get an officer on board. Uh, if you if you hire a, an entry level officer, it, it takes about a year uh, to get to the academy, get them out, get them trained, and actually put them on board. So if you can imagine, you know, you hire someone in your business and say, hey, I want you to sell stuff for me, but we're going to pay you for a year and going to supply you with all this training before you're ever put on the ground to actually sell things. And it just, your business would fold. (laughs) So so, yeah, it's, it's tough. So, but it's great. Homegrown people are great. Okay. Um, one article I wanted to ask you about that's been, that was in the paper. Um, I'm not sure when this ran, but, uh, the headline was sheriff's office and Centralia police see traffic ticket numbers increase bucking stateward statewide downward trend. Um, I'm sure you saw this and my question is just, what's your problem, man? <laughs> well, we haven't seen you driving around a whole lot, so that would take care of a lot of those. <laughs> You're in his sights now. <laughs> but they did point out your car to me, so we're in good shape now. But ah, damn it. <laughs> was there a dip right right, you know, in that early pandemic? I'm not gonna say like panic, but people were more scared in the early days, I feel like, about having contact. Did you have a, a, re- a reduction, maybe like a dip in in, in stops? Oh, we did, because what you're looking at is the the year overall. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the month to month and uh, you know uh, certain uh, segments of time, you'll see that the the fluctuation goes up and down. Uh, so yeah, we we had a bit of a dip. Um, for us though, it kind of we had a couple people that still wrote tickets and yeah. uh, still got out there. I know the sheriff's office in the same position. Uh, they have a couple people still wrote tickets uh, no matter what, and I think that's what kind of helped us. Okay. Uh, where a lot of agencies kind of just pushed back from the whole thing for uh, fear. Yeah, uh, we're a little bit. I hate to say this, we're a little different here in Lewis County. We, but I know we're a little different. In <laughs> Whatever Centralia. do you mean? <laughs> yeah, but we are different, and that uh, yeah. especially in like in Centralia, we we commit law enforcement. We still do have to do our job, and mm-hmm. and uh, there's we take risks every day. And and the pandemic was no different than any other risk. Yeah. Have you heard any updates on how the officer Stephen Summers is doing? Well, I hear lots of uh, lots of those things. He's doing really well, Good. actually, um, uh, both mentally and physically. I mean, he took. Uh, uh, quite a punishment. Uh, so he's, he's actually really lucky, uh, for, I guess I'll say this is that he, I think he's pretty lucky to be alive, uh, mm-hmm. because of, of where his, uh, stab wounds were. And it, truly he's with one inch of, of having a, a much worse day. So I think I've heard a lot of people discussing that, like mm-hmm. mostly just shocked. You can get stabbed in the head and walk out of the hospital less than 24 hours later. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was definitely surprised by how quick it seemed like he was out of there. Well, it, it, it was, and I got to give 
uh, kudos to the to the hospital staff. They did a remarkable job with him, and they took care of him. Uh, they did a, a, just an incredible job. And uh, and Stephen Summers himself, he is tough. I I, I kid you well, not. I when don't I, doubt that person. When, when I when I saw him out on the scene, uh, and he was hadn't been bandaged up yet, and they're just holding the dressings on him. Uh, he was just matter of fact and just real stoic, and uh, that's the way he was through the whole thing, and still is. Uh, so kudos to him. Uh, it just. He's just doing a fabulous job, and his healing process is going well. But it's gonna it's gonna be a while. Uh, he's looking about another week or two even before he can even start rehab. So, but yeah, he's doing great. Do, do canine officers this is kind of shift back to policy? Just something I'm really interested in. Do they face more risk of that type of uh, interaction happening, being as they can get pulled in by any agency all around them at, at any time? Anyone you've, who's got an agreement? Uh, well. Centralia, we have a, a kind of a non-written rule that if if someone another agency calls, we will go, gotcha. and because uh, we look at it as we're gonna we're gonna help because no matter where we're at, uh, we're gonna help one uh, fellow officers, and we're also gonna help community members. Uh, now, typically, we don't go to Seattle. We we typically help uh, Morton, the sheriff's office, uh, Chehalis, uh, uh, Thurston County, in a lot of cases. But all these people are our community members, so we don't just look at the geographical location and say, you know what. No, no, we're going to stay in Centralia because that's where where we're getting paid. Uh, we go anywhere because uh, we're going to help anybody we can. Uh, but to better answer your question, yeah, they they do uh, put themselves more at risk uh, because they do wind up responding to the worst of the worst. Uh, they get called to track uh, armed felons. They get mm-hmm. called to track where a normal uh, officer doesn't really get that. They they sit on the perimeter and watch the canine officer go in and and do their thing with their their, their backup officers, which we had on the on that day as well. I guess I hadn't thought about it because you see the response to other cities, but I, I haven't seen an officer be injured in, in in the process of that before. I mean, I know it. I know it has happened, but I haven't seen it. So yeah, we you know we read about it all the time, and there's a reason why our canines have uh, uh, ballistic vests on as well because we know uh, recently one of our canines uh, uh, was doing a track and the canine got choked out. Uh, so the bad guy was actually trying to kill the. And if there was an article on that, I believe. Uh, they tried to kill the the canine oh, and uh, actually ripped his collar off because the canine went off lead uh, doing a tracking some brush. So we recognize that. We train hard uh, to to make sure that doesn't happen, but doesn't mean mistakes aren't made. Doesn't mean the bad guy can't get uh, one up on us uh, because unfortunately they know we're coming. Uh, we let them know we're coming. We got a canine. We got where we stand out. We got uniforms, and everybody knows. And so it, they have an opportunity to uh, to backtrack on us. They have a, uh, an opportunity to uh, to attack us, and that's exactly what happened in this case. Yeah, I'm glad to hear he's doing good. With the with some of the police reform or the reform bills, um, it has to be more dangerous for canine. Not more dangerous, but very dangerous for canine officers because now don't they have to keep them on the lead the whole time? Uh, not right now. Not uh, right now. That, that was one of the bills that was where they were trying to push through. Uh, they backed off of that bill. Uh, and now they're going with best practices through uh, the Criminal Justice Training Commission. I uh, just received something, in fact, a couple days ago. Uh, uh, they're coming to some type of a conclusion to that. So I, I haven't read it yet. I, I gave it to my canine supervisor to, to look at and for his guidance. Uh, because like I told you guys before, I'm sadly, and I, I admit this to everybody, I'm usually not the smartest guy in the room, but I always go to the smartest guy in the room <laughs> and, and give, give their opinion. It's Franklin, if, if it's happening in here. Yeah, that's yeah, me. Definitely. No, in here I am the smartest guy in the room. <laughs> He's right. Not He's bad. right. Not bad. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's great. Um, you know, and speaking of reforms and things like that, um, you guys were scheduled to launch uh, body and vehicle cameras on February 17th? Correct, and we did. Uh, how's it going? Well, I can tell you that it's going absolutely great. It's fantastic. Are you wearing one right now? I am not wearing right now, <laughs> although I wish I were, but it is very recorded anyway. So, uh, But no, it's going great. Uh, I've gotten really good feedback from the officers. Uh, in fact, uh, th- at the shooting, um, the 17th, they, uh, we actually de- deployed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Officer Summers' uh, body cam was not functioning at the time because it, mm-hmm. the battery hadn't charged up on it. But the other two officers did have body cams on, <clears throat> so which was, as far as I was concerned, that was that was a win. Yeah, uh, because it's going to tell the story, and there's actually video evidence of the story. Yeah. So for me, it's a huge win. And we've yeah. had quite a few other things uh, going on, um, just day to day routine calls, if you want to call them that. Uh, I hate using that term, but uh, things that officers normally respond to. And the officers are coming back, man, I was really happy to have that camera on. And, yeah. and boy, of course, 
again, this is where the, the comedy relief comes in because you're going, you're not going to believe this. <laughs> this guy was doing this or this was happening. And, and so, you know, we have a pretty good chuckle about it later, but uh, uh, not meaning any offense to anybody, but it's just. Yeah. No, no, no. I got what you meant. Yeah. Like you said, you got to laugh though. You got to laugh. Uh, it gets too serious if you don't. How, uh, how often do you have to go back and watch it? Which the uh, just like the, yeah, the, footage. The, the video footage from from anything. Well, normally what happens is when the the officer uh, records something, uh, I recommend always that the officer goes back and they review their own footage. And when they when they write the report, uh, that's going to keep the video and the officer completely in sync, mm -hmm. and so that everything that goes forward is, in my opinion, is going to be more accurate. It's going to be uh, allow it paint a better picture. Oh, definitely. And the officer actually, uh, in some cases, go, you know, I, I don't, I barely remember even doing that. I, I didn't remember it quite like that. So uh, the officers watch it more than I do. I, didn't, in fact, mm -hmm. I don't think I've watched a single video yet. I've, I've heard a lot about them, mm -hmm. uh, maybe one or two, but. Uh, uh, but uh, the officers talking about them is, is actually what makes me feel good that uh, that was the right decision. Yeah. And uh, that, that when people actually start seeing those and they start going to court, uh, it's going to be really, really beneficial. So you hit the deadline too to get them in there. Oh, yeah. Right. At, yeah. <laughs> right on the head. Mm hmm. Um, what, uh, do you guys got anything you want to, no, I mean, I, I'd, I'd like an, uh, maybe an overall, we just got a couple more questions. So, uh, overall state of the department, you lose four officers. I imagine you haven't hired four more back on yet. Um, yet. what's the, where does the weight of that fall? Are, are your officers working more hours, more uh, shifts? Is that what, is, is that the only solution? Well, right now that's pretty much the only solution. Uh, we've had a few other issues that have, have come up that, that really is kind of crumpy officer styles. And I, and I really feel bad. And, and for any officers that are listening to this, I got to give them complete kudos. Uh, my officers, for the most part, they have all stepped up. Uh, they're working a ton of overtime because they have to cover the, the road and the shifts. And we've had uh, quite a few injuries uh, as a result. So at one point, uh, we're supposed to be a 30 person department. And, uh, over the past month, we've been down approximately 13 officers. Oh, wow. So when you, when you weigh that in there, my detectives are out working the road. My, uh, people from JNet are out working the road and they're all taking overtime shifts and they're, they're just, they're getting tired. They're getting wore out because they're working so much and I feel really bad for them. So, uh, but there's really not much that I can do about that. We're trying to hire people as quickly as we can. Uh, we got several laterals in the mix right now to, uh, to hire and to help uh, kind of backfeed those officers. And then we also have, um, uh, several of the officers coming back now, uh, when it comes to about the end of March, uh, 13 of those officers, uh, six of them will be back. Uh, so that's going to be a huge relief, uh, going forward, uh, for the officers. And once we get the other officers on board and since they're, uh, potential laterals, uh, they don't have to go to the Academy. We're only looking at a couple months versus a year before they get, uh, put on the road and so they'll be helping out pretty quick. Okay. Best of luck with that. Thanks. Um, one last question I've got. Um, you've been in law enforcement a long time. What's the meanest thing someone's ever said when you pulled them over or were arresting them? Was there anything that really stands out? Like, Has anyone hurt your feelings? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Made it through the vest. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I've had a lot of things said to me like every officer has. Yeah. And I don't think I can necessarily pinpoint uh, because I, I, I really I really don't think about those things. I, I think about more the, the comedy stuff. Uh, yeah. The things that make me laugh uh, is what it kind of <laughs> makes me laugh and, and, uh, and what I remember the most. And, uh, and some of it's probably inappropriate for on here, uh, but, I don't know. We go pretty yeah, far. You take we go, you take yeah, a step. You do, but I, but I, you know, have culture and taste. Uh, so. <laughs> Finally, a police officer mocking Aaron. I never thought this would happen on the news. Aaron, Aaron can you know check what? that off the bucket list. <laughs> I was due. I was due. So no, we we have a lot of uh, goofy things that happen, and uh, you get a lot of proposals. Uh, you get a lot of a uh, lot of people hitting on you, uh, and that's men and women alike. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> well, it is actually uh, because because what happens is there's a lot of officers that had taken that offer and uh, they no longer are officers, <laughs> not in Centralia. I haven't had that, but, uh, but I know of officers who have been terminated for that. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's, it's bad. It can be really bad. And, uh, but the, some of the things that, that happen, uh, you know, if you ever watched uh, uh, PD live, Oh, uh, I did. And some of the things that they Before do. Before it was taken off air. Yeah. Mm -hmm. they, those are true. <laughs> those are real things that, are, that happen. And we're actually capturing them on body cams now, uh, where normally those things would be lost to the wind in everyone's memories. Uh, now they're actually, be, they're actually being captured. <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a price too, if you want them. I can't remember what it was. You guys just said it. It was like 75 cents per minute or something like that. Yeah, I got to redact it all. So. <laughs> 
Uh, and one last thing from me, anyway. Uh, there's, I, I would be just foolish if I left this out. There's a new Batman movie out. Say, a, <laughs> say a, come on. Say a Batman type figure showed up in Centralia. Like, how, how do you react? A vigilante, a, a masked like, vigilante. Yeah. Well, I, I guess the problem would be: is it a real Batman or a make-believe Batman? Because there is a huge difference there. Because I'm kind of a big Batman fan, so I mean, he's a, he's a legit Batman. Like yeah. he's uh, he's got his own funding. I can't he's, he's, he's efficient. <laughs> he's actually um, solving crime. Do you take the Jim Gordon route, or are you like one of the other cops who's like, we got to get him off the streets? Well, uh, <laughs> is he committing crimes or are he not committing crimes? I guess that would be the question. Because he's helping you solve the crimes. Illegally. <laughs> Illegally. <laughs> <laughs> so there's your answer. Vigilantism is not a good thing. It really does lead to bad things. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, Fair enough. I've got nothing to follow up on. Anytime I get pulled over, what's the best excuse I can use to get out of a ticket? <laughs> well, first of all, do not say I know Chief Denim. <laughs> that, that, is a, that is a big no-no. I wouldn't say that. Uh, the best thing you can... Be honest. <laughs> Frankly. Don't commit the infraction to begin with. Well, oh, that, that would be another start, but uh, a metric group, that's probably not going to happen either. <laughs> Have you heard any good excuses? Uh, I've heard horrible excuses and good excuses. Um, but again, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot of funny ones, and I can cover some of those later. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking the time to come over here and speak to our dozen or so listeners. And <laughs> yeah, I'll just really give it to Aaron Van <laughs> But, but I'll tell you, it is fun. Uh, I actually look forward to this, uh, believe it or not. I was probably listener number 14. It's not on there today. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but uh, I'll, and I'll put this out there. If you, do, if you ever have something come up, I'm happy to come over and, and have a chat with you guys and do this again. I'm, I'm good with it. Uh, it's, it. For me, it's just another way to reach out and let people know that you know cops are people too. We really are. Even and, if we need to say hi to body? <laughs> Well, we wouldn't put that on the air because that's called evidence. Uh, sorry. <laughs> no, don't do that. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thanks. It's been great having you on. Um, yeah, thank you, man. And we'll be back in a few minutes. All right. That was Centralia Police Chief Stacy Denham. He what was, a pleasure. What a, He was. You know, he was polite. I like him. Yeah, I'm going to stop speeding now. Are you going to stop talking trash about police now? Well, now that he carried away, he puts you in your he, place. He Cop, delivered Cop Peter Aaron cannot be stopped. Do you guys have any any silvadine cream for the burns he delivered? Yeah, uh, he, he got me good. He, he got did, you. He did get you pretty. It good. was uh, no, it was great to have him on. Uh, now we move into segments. We've got tales from the ticks page up first. Brian Mickey wrote a column. Uh, farewell to a Shayla servant leader, Dave Campbell. Campbell was the former city manager of Chehalis. He passed away from cancer recently at age 68. And Mickey writes, one of his opening graphs is, public employees sometimes get a bad name, but Dave was one of the good guys. I met him when I was a brand new cub reporter in 2000, covering the Chehalis and Centralia City Councils. He always impressed me with his professionalism, wry sense of humor, and impeccable mustache. And Schwartz, I believe, did you interact with Dave Campbell a little bit? No, I, I never actually uh, interacted with Dave Campbell. I don't think I even had the pleasure to meet him. Um, Debbie Campbell, yes, his wife, um, recently retired, uh, longtime executive director of the United Way of Lewis County. But I've, he's one of those guys, I've never heard a bad word spoken about him, mm -hmm. which it's really hard to work in public service like that, especially as like a city manager for any amount of time, um, and not have someone that dislikes you. And I honestly think that, I mean, he, he carried himself in a way that uh, he endeared himself to everybody. Yeah. Uh, any other columns you want to touch on? Any letters to the editor? Uh, Chief uh, Denham mentioned, uh, he didn't mention by name, but John McCroskey um, had written a, 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 a column last week, Centralia Chief Makes Right Call Firing Officers. Mm -hmm. um, and it's loaded with all the usual caveats you expect, like according to the information I know now. And If um, this is true. But uh, yeah, it was basically just saying that, yeah, that that just doesn't happen in that profession. And if it does, you need to get rid of them like immediately. And he had mentioned how domestic violence calls had changed and McCroskey really touched on it used to be you show up um, to a domestic violence call and um, assuming the woman is the one that was assaulted so you talk to her and she's like oh I don't I don't want to talk I don't want to do charges you just leave and you can't you can't arrest the other guy so laws have changed since then yeah. um, you can still arrest the the other half the the attacking half um, without the cooperation of the victim so I thought that was an interesting um, take provided from our former sheriff yeah 
People's Champion of the Week. I've got one on the list. Centralia Artist makes debut as an author with watercolor children's book, quote, Was I a Dinosaur? Sue Darius wrote a book for kids aged three to seven. It's about science, and the time has never been better for more books about science. Um, however, the title of this book falls prey to an old journalistic rule. No, it's not a rule. You and I yeah, have debated at length. It's a rule. Which is, if you ask a question in a headline, the answer is implied to be no. So, was I a dinosaur? No, implied no. no. You, you weren't a dinosaur, but the whole her whole thing was matter doesn't it doesn't go away. Matter so it's created nor destroyed. Yeah, yes. exactly. So it's always been here. So it is feasible that and you know and Adam and your body could have been in a dinosaur at some true. point in time. I was trying to explain this concept to my seven year old son, and he looked at me like I was like a friggin' moron, and <laughs> <laughs> he literally thought I was trying to convince him that he used to be a dinosaur, and he's like, man, I, I gave up, and he, he still thinks less of me, so <laughs> to read him the book. All right, uh, Sirens Banger of the Week, do you guys have anything special, or do you want to just uh, treat, you know, our, our police chief's appearance on this podcast as uh, uh, Sirens yeah. Banger of the Week? Yeah, that's fine with me. There haven't um, hasn't been a whole lot of huge weird crime yeah frankly you really missed out last week i had the entire science banger of the week section devoted to you <laughs> there was uh there was four items in it one of them was about somebody who got stopped on louisiana avenue and somebody stole their rolex oh man there was one about a child shooting a gun and they told a fake gun and they told him to stop and the kid said no bitch <laughs> um, i did just, i saw that in the paper <laughs> just a series of things that i was like God, these could all be franklin <laughs> no bitch yeah, no, I, I did, a, did a run through. There's, there's no big crime. Somebody shot at two vehicles on Interstate Five on Saturday. I don't know if you saw that. Is that not a big crime to you? Uh, no, I mean we try to less on serious crime and more on like you know hilarious. Yeah, crime. at least a little bit something funny about it. There wasn't a whole lot of funny about this, but I bet you maybe you felt this way in traffic before without actually shooting at anyone. Um, he reportedly said he felt like he was having an out of body experience and felt trapped with nowhere else to go. He wasn't trying to hit anyone but just wanted to scare them and let them know he was armed. Well, you know, the out-of-body anger, though, in traffic. I remember that when I was a younger driver. Mm -hmm. A couple of Facebook comments of the week on the Yardbirds deal. (laughs) The comments are continually just cracking up. Oh, man. I think what is shameless is, and they they just skipped a few words, I think, but they said, I think what is shameless wants to take over the property so they can resell it for billions of dollars. Like, if there was a profit to be made by ditching the potentially condemned Yardbirds building, don't you think the owner would probably be the first to know? And but, you know, Yardbirds is not going to be flipped for billions of dollars. Like, it's not going to happen. Just wait. Just, <laughs> yeah, just wait. <laughs> Jim Yardbird has sold the Yardbirds a lot for. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, no, I don't. I just don't know what they could do with that land, but. I'm not a developer, if that might shock you. somebody was interested in buying a whole bunch of land and dated buildings what in that What if area, there is gold? Hmm? The mall is like <laughs> 100 yards away. It's empty, except for the movie theater. Uh, hey, there's some businesses in there, I'm sure. There's, I, you just insulted them, and I'm not getting behind another Aaron Van Tile Oh, you're going to go storm. shop at Sears? No, you're not, because it's not there. I stand with the Lewis County Mall, Aaron. <laughs> I love, first of all, nobody As for me in my house. Me. <laughs> uh, mention, mention Eric for 5% off. On, on one of the Joe Kent stories, somebody commented, St. John slinging Christian mud. I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, from the grit rally in Olympia, this was the, uh, you know, the rally the comment was having been at the rally. I can say the spokesperson was not correct. There was a sea of people there today standing for our freedoms as one kind of sounds like they were just standing for a whole bunch of different things together. That's okay though. I don't minimize the protest the same way. I didn't minimize protests on maybe the left side of the spectrum. Unlike, you know, other people. They are encouraged to protest. Protesting's great. I love it. It makes for good photos. It's colorful. It allows Um, people to step out and stand for what they want. There was also a protest that same day for Ukraine that only mm -hmm. had 150 people, and we didn't have anybody from that protest messaging that there were more people. Mm -hmm. So maybe the spokesperson can count. 
Um, it's got to be a real hard job. I'm glad you guys had a photographer at the Grit Rally because I was wondering if Jim Walsh still looked like Jim Walsh. And now I know that he does. There was many other people there. Joe mm-hmm. Kent was also there. Uh, Jared got a nice picture of some of the local young Republicans. And I mm-hmm. thought that was great. I actually thought this uh, went, went really well because a lot of times we send him up there and we can't find anybody local. And there seemed to be quite a few locals they up there. They flagged him down. Yeah. As great. much so as you want to be cynical about that. I won't allow it. All right. Eric right. will not stand for it. You dipshit. <laughs> wow. Dude, cop, cop hater Aaron is getting attacked today. Uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a rough day. Um, Humbling. Finally, on the story on the steam train shutting down, the comment made clearly by Franklin was, I swear to God, America, do not end up like Canada. <laughs> was that a real comment? Yes. No, I, like, I was, I was just train, a surprise. Like train? I don't get it. Everybody knows there's no trains in Canada. Huh. Especially well, I already knew trains. there was no freedom there, but I, now I know there's no trains. <laughs> well, then there is freedom. The truckers brought it back. Oh, man. Don't forget that. Uh, anything? Me. What's what's coming up in uh, Thursday's edition of the Chronicle? Um, we have the aforementioned update on the Chehalis Centralia Railroad and Museum. Um, we've got a list of projects in our district that have been funded in the state capital supplemental budget, $9.3 million for some mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, I didn't see you on the list, Aaron. <laughs> However, uh, $6 million for the water system improvements in Morton, $2 million for upgrades to Lewis County Fire District 5 Station were the two big ones. Also, the tennis and wrestling facility in Chehalis got a little piece of the pie as well. Is it an indoor tennis and wrestling I think, facility? I think so. Yeah, I don't think it, they're building an outdoor wrestling facility. I, I don't think that would make a whole lot of sense. I think it would. Yeah. I, I, contrary yes. to your For a winter sport. Takes. For a winter sport <laughs> in Washington. You know, wrestlers are tough. So are tennis players. <laughs> I'm not saying it wouldn't be cool. I'm just saying I don't think that's what they're doing. No. It's well, got to be covered. I think they can afford a roof. <sighs> yeah, with all that Lewis County pork coming in. <laughs> Hold on. There's got to be more. Hold on. There's there's more. I won't read any of the other ones. I'll just look at them. Oh, two Toledo area property owners reverse plans for biosolids amid oh, robust yeah. community opposition. So there was that. And uh, clench your butts, guys, because National Weather Service predicts another atmospheric river will pass through western Washington next week. And oh. Lewis County Emergency Management's a little worried about this one because we might get some snow before it, very similar to the last one. And our rivers are more full than they were last time. They are swollen. And I mean Stephen A. Smith, however, here, uh, National Weather say. Service says it's not going to be as much water as last time. So okay. oh, well, that's nice. we're thinking one to two inches rather than three to four. All right. We're going to wrap it up there. Thanks as always to wait, Summit. Wait, 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 wait. Didn't you tell me that somebody took the offer at Summit Funding? They used I did. product I heard, code I heard, news I heard, dump? I heard a rumor that somebody <laughs> took product code news dump to Summit Funding. And it was not honored. <laughs> Jasek said, that's the first time I've heard that. And, and that's I, why we have the automated I, uh, chat ad now. <laughs> and I, I told him, he says that every time. You just got to, you got to be persistent. Yeah. Keep pushing him. Yeah. Keep pushing him. <laughs> got to take that 50%. Uh, thanks as always to Summit Funding for sponsoring this dumb podcast. And thanks to Centralia Police Chief Stacy Denham for appearing on this dumb podcast. Uh, that's, that's all we got for. News that's time. it.